0: Share my voice in the most authentic way. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Kaylin Otto and you're listening to Will Work for Food. It has been a bit since I have been on here, and usually when that happens, I'm very apologetic. Um, because I really really like doing these. But this time not so much because I've been doing some really cool things. Um, I've just been more grounded living in one place in Asheville on an animal sanctuary. who is run by some amazing people. So that's taken some time to learn and get used to. I will put their Instagram account in the bio so you can see all of the shenanigans that go on there. Um, also, I've been working for two anti-dairy campaigns, Milk Hurts and Mothers Against Dairy. Um plus another one, and I will tell you about that if it happens for sure. Um, but also in addition to that, and to having like set hours and stuff, which is weird for me, um I finished a second travel guide which talks about North Carolina, if like all the local tips, the coolest things to do. So it starts in Wilmington, it goes into the triangle area, and it ends in Asheville. And um, this was through a different publishing company, so it wasn't all completely like my style because there's some guidelines that you have to follow. But, you know, it's vegan-friendly, as eco-friendly as I could make it, and definitely budget-friendly. So if you're looking for a travel guide for that area, I would love to hang out with you, probably. Um, (laughs) Probably. Or this is a really cool book to get. I don't get any royalties from it. I keep saying that word weird. But um, I really did put a lot of cool things in it to do that you wouldn't know unless you've lived here for a little bit or someone was showing you around. Um, in addition to that, I've been doing a lot of farmed animal rescue, which we're about to talk about, and also had an article published at Free From Harm, which is really cool. So all these things I just talked about, Farmshire, the article at Free From Harm, and Um, the anti-dairy campaigns, and also the new travel guide, I will have a link for it in the show notes, so don't feel like you have to scramble to write anything down if you're (laughs) excited about any of that. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to talk about something that happened a while ago during Hurricane Florence today. Um, So this podcast episode is just going to be me. It's not going to be super long, so if this is your first time listening Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Usually, this podcast is done when I'm traveling, talking to really cool people that I meet and hearing all different types of stories. Like, no, literally all different types of stories. I've had people, someone on here, um, who does the answering for emergency, like nine one one phone calls, and has seen so much in their life. I've the first person I interviewed um, went to China and rescue dogs from the meat industry. So we've had all sorts of people on here. Um, So this is a little bit of a toned down episode. And it's basically like I'm interviewing myself, but it's still about a really, really crazy time. So today we're talking about what happened during Hurricane Florence. um, And there was a story like You know, you go through your everyday life, and it's like experience, 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 and then something happens, and it turns into a huge story. Well, this was one of those things. Um, Just got to catch my breath. It's like a little bit overwhelming to think about, but I feel like it's good to talk about, to help process, and get this story out and things like that. So I actually wrote this story for the podcast modern love which is a really amazing podcast which tells all types of different love stories um you never know what you're going to hear about you never know what lesson you're going to learn and so I submitted this and they did not accept it which was okay and I expected that a little bit it may have been how I wrote it or it just wasn't for them and also like a lot of times these stories aren't covered um So maybe, you know, (laughs) my mom thinks my writing is great, and sometimes it's always not, which I'm sure is the case, Um, but for whatever reason, they didn't accept it, and so I thought, you know what, I know someone who has a podcast, me, Um, and I can read my own story, and that might even be more compelling than having a stranger read it, Um, so today it is not modern love. It's will work for food, and I will be reading my own um, modern love story about 10 pigs on a bridge. So please just keep in mind as I read this story, um, the whole idea of modern love, (laughs) just speaking for them, I don't know because I don't work for them, but you know, they are stories about modern love, um, and love can be found in all different shapes and forms. So we have a Relationship with almost everything that we interact with, right? I mean, from our iPhone, to our car, to the leaves outside, to the grass, to the trees, to our animal companions, to romantic relationships, family, friends, all that. I could go on and on. Um, so, yes. With that being said, I will get started. This is Kaylin Otto on Will Work For Food, and I'm reading my own modern love story. Here it goes. Most of us have experienced some sort of heartbreak. The first time that my heart felt that it had completely collapsed on itself was then when a relationship had gone completely different, off course, and didn't end how I thought it would. Over the years, my heart has been pulled, tugged, ripped, and handled in different ways, but I have never really experienced a heartbreak like this. As I dodged and swerved our van around lake-sized puddles and fallen trees, I let out a deep sigh. The day behind me seemed to carry on for what really felt like years. A few days prior, I had driven straight into the heart of Hurricane Florence in North Carolina with some co-workers and friends. We were there to do search and rescue for animals forgotten and abandoned in the storm. We were looking for anyone. It didn't matter the species, genders, or size of the survivor. If an animal was left behind, we would do what we could. The whole day had been spent navigating flooded roads and neighborhoods, following leads for hours, only to get our hopes up when the path was inaccessible due to very severe flooding. It was physically and emotionally exhausting. Just as I decided it was time to call it a day, my phone started buzzing. The texts, calls, and alerts came flooding in. There were 10 pigs stranded on a bridge with no food or water. Some of them were treading water surrounding the bridge. Some of them were stuck neck deep in the thick wooded areas. They needed help. I flipped the car in reverse and turned us around in the right direction. My rescuing partner and I weren't the first to get to the pigs, no. We had a couple friends that were with them on the bridge who also didn't have a lot of supplies with them. So we tried to reach them. And after trying all night and through the early hours of the morning to reach them, we had failed. The water was too shallow for a boat to navigate through and it was too dangerous to wade. I won't say that we didn't try, though, as my rescue partner walked three miles out through toxic water full of alligators, poisonous snakes, and balls of fire ants to try to reach the surviving pigs. When he was just a thousand feet away from the bridge, he had to turn back, as the current was too fast and he was on the brink of exhaustion. Lucky for us, our two friends had still been out there with the pigs, waiting for us to come and rescue them, with the assurance that we would be back to get them within a couple of hours. But those who have been caught in a hurricane know your surroundings change fast. Water levels increase and decrease within a matter of hours. Deadly currents form. You get stopped in your tracks when you desperately need to get through. We knew that the hurricane survivors had been flooded out through a CAFO, a factory farm, and probably went miles down the river. We knew that they had most likely almost drowned by now and that they had little protection from the sun when they had reached dry land, that they were exhausted, and they were without food or water. Who knew how long they'd been on the bridge? We loved the pigs as soon as we heard about their existence, their struggle, and we were dying to help. We had to reach our friends and the pigs at the bridge before something happened. When my alarm clock went off a few hours later at 7 a.m., I threw on my boots and met all of the rescuers back near the bridge. Round two. As we realized that the water had receded enough to reach our destination, we backed up the trailer and rushed water out to two friends who had pulled the overnighter with the pigs. I honestly don't know if I've ever felt more hope in my life. We had been living out of a van for a week, eating Cliff Bars and Red Bulls, passing up on all sleep, and putting our lives at risk, literally, literally for these moments, the precious moments where lives are saved and cared for as they should be. My heart was exhausted, but incredibly full. We spent the next hour literally wrestling full-grown hogs through swampy floodwaters, over guardrails, and finally into our trailer. They would bite at us, toss us around, and give us a run for our money. They were fighters. That's why we admired them so much. Aside from the struggle, things were looking good. When we had four of the ten loaded up, a pickup truck cruised by and then stopped to ask us if we knew the farmer who had owned the pigs. We did, or at least we thought we did, and told the man that we would call him once the pigs were to safety. I want to add a note here, too, that one of the people that was doing rescue with us, um is a local from the area, so she does really know everyone there. And um, th- these pigs were close to a farm where it would have made sense they would have came out of there, but we don't know, actually. We will never know who's – I mean, obviously, they're their own people, um, but we will never knew, know where they were living before this. Um, okay, back to the story. We then verified with animal control – that we indeed did have the right farmer in mind, and they let us get things taken care of. We were getting things done. Twenty minutes later, Animal Control and the police decided to make an appearance. And a farmer. A different farmer. Not the one that we thought was the caregiver of these pigs, but another who came to stop us from stealing the pigs. We had been misinformed. Although he never bothered to check on his pigs before, who had escaped a brutal existence as bodies used for food, who struggled to live... While they were carried two or more miles down the the river in rapid floodwaters and who were determined to live, he came for them as soon as he heard that someone else was there to rescue. As the police allowed, I tried to talk to the farmer. I tried bargaining with him. I would have gotten on my knees and begged him to let us take them had he engaged with me long enough. I knew that if he left with the survivors, they would most likely be killed before I even made it back home. They were no good to an industry at this point. How do you even start a conversation that holds the weight of lives of ten others? These pigs can't be sold for consumption. They've been in toxic waters for days. They're sick, and anyone who eats them will be sick. They're not of profit to you anymore. Please let them go to sanctuary instead of taking them back to the kill floor, I asked. No, no, no. The farmer had settled in his decision before we even started a real conversation. There was no way that he was going to let these pigs go even though his farm had been wiped out by the hurricane and he had nowhere to house them. No way was he going to let these pigs go, even though they had fought so hard to make it. No way. We had lost, and in doing so, lost the freedom that the pigs almost had. So, I want to add another note here, aside from me reading this, um, that this was like a really hard battle. Just, you know, I, I feel like we could chase pigs into trailers for days, and... We could try to reason with the police, which is another hard battle in itself, but talking to this farmer was the hardest one and the most delicate situation of all, but it really seemed that when he pulled up, like he was determined to not let us take the pigs, and he thought that we were there to make him look bad, and we weren't. We were there to rescue, so it was a really, really um, sad situation all around. Back to the story. If it was a better world, Morals would trump law, and permission to do the right thing would be granted. But that's just not the world we live in. Although we had loving homes for these animals, food, water, transportation, and vet care, they were not ours. The best of intentions don't change the rule book. They were his property, money, a tax write-off. I asked the officers, what if we had rescued some dogs that were out here drowning, and then they were taken back to be slaughtered, after all they had been through? Wouldn't that be illegal? Wouldn't that be against our morals as decent humans? All they could offer me were sorry looks. I was crushed. My insides felt like they had caved in on themselves, and my stomach churned. I racked my brain for answers. How could someone be so close to freedom, yet have it pulled out from under them in the last minute? Why did this story end with the underdogs losing the fight? Why was trying to save lives considered stealing... We decided that we would rather let the pigs run and have some sort of chance rather than knowingly send them to their deaths, so we opened the trailer doors and let them back out. Before this, I thought that the most painful part of heartbreak was not knowing the full story, what, not knowing what exactly led up to the heartbreak, but facing it anyways. There are so many questions that we usually ask ourselves when our hearts are aching. How many times did that person cheat in our relationship that I didn't know about, or Did that family member suffer in the last few minutes on earth that they had? Or did my actions cause the space between us? We have so many questions, and not getting the closure that we crave, it kills us. I thought that that was the worst part of heartbreak. What I didn't realize, though, was that maybe unknowing could be considered a luxury. That sometimes it may be better that we don't know the full story. Maybe it's just important that we know we did the best we could, and that was all to be done. But unfortunately, I do know the whole story. Well, most of it anyways. The officials that stayed behind were unable to catch two of the pigs, and they got hit by cars, ultimately ultimately resulting in their death. So they tell us. The rest are being held until they can be taken back to the farm, and we all know how the story goes from there. I first thought that this heartbreak would crumble my heart, urging me to lose more faith in humanity, and in some way it has. This story doesn't always have a happy ending. Goodness doesn't always prevail. But you choose whether you crumble or soften, break or love harder. And in a world full of hardness and heartbreak, I will keep fighting to soften. And that's my story. Um so <laughs> I wanted to make a couple notes. One, this has been a long time now, like months from this actual story, so I think it's 99% safe to say that these pigs are probably dead by now, and I'm really hoping that no one is eating their bodies, one, because it's really weird, Um, and two, because they were in toxic floodwaters um, that literally would burn our skin when it would touch us, and who knows how sick they were. I mean, they, they were really, really struggling, so I really hope that people are not eating their flesh, because that would be really bad, but um, I can't say that I don't think it's not happening. Uh, Aside from that, I wanted to make a note about the end of the podcast, where I said that I will continue um, to soften instead of harden and be angry about everything, Um, and that's partially true i i really want to be able to do that i want to be able to always have an open heart and a loving heart and a giving heart but when i wrote this story for modern love it seems like they they want a kind of surprise ending but they also usually have an ending that's not negative so when i was writing for this to them i was trying not to be that negative but i have to admit that this story still weighs pretty hard on my heart um it's pretty heavy and, you know, after I talked to that farmer for a bit and everyone tried to reason with him and we let the pigs go because we'd rather let them run, not very far, obviously, because everything was flooded, instead of knowingly send them to their deaths and put them on his trailer. Um, yeah, after that happened... The police officers, you know, threatened to arrest us if we didn't leave the scene after he told us no. So that was a big thing. And I got into my car and I cried so hard. Like, literally, I've said that so many times this podcast, but I have never cried that hard in my life. I thought my stomach was going to come up through my throat and that, like, my heart had just dissolved into dust um, because it was so hard To watch these animals who had already suffered, I'm assuming their whole lives, being treated as objects, only being raised so that their flesh would be eaten. Then, to be in a hurricane, scared, not able to do anything. Then, getting flooded out miles down the river from where they were. Finally free, but trapped in some other horrific situation. Then, having like the one group of people in the world who really only want their best interests in mind. Really only want them to be cared for. Get there for them, and this happens. I mean, it. even if you're not vegan or you don't understand the whole story, like, just imagine that you went through all that, and then someone was there to help you with your best interests in mind, and it didn't happen, and it could have. Um, so it was a huge heartbreak, and I still think about those pigs often. Um, there is a story that was or not a story, a live stream that was done on Facebook by Daniel Turbert when this happened, and it really went viral um, on Facebook. So if I can find that link, I know it was a while ago, I will add that, and it's definitely worth watching. You will see, I think you will see some of the pigs. You will see um, me crying. You will see us trying to talk to the farmer. You will see the police. You will see a lot of things. So I definitely encourage you to you know, re-listen to my story, or just take it in, and then go watch that video. Um, Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hear what people think about this, because I feel like it's a story that does need to be told, because it represents so much of what's going on in our culture and society right now. So, this was a weird episode. Um, I actually have an interview with Ethically Elizabeth, and I'm also trying to schedule one with Carol Ann Bird, who is one of my friends, and another rescuer who was there when all of this happened. So we will tell more rescue stories, we will tell more about the hurricane, and we will talk about all of the hardships you go through when trying to rescue farmed animals versus rescuing cats and dogs. So that is a lot of information to take in, but it's really important to talk about. So... Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you soon. Keep on going.